Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. What are we smoking today, Nate? We are smoking an Oliva, Connecticut. Yes, this we, we are. We've smoked other Olivas, but I don't uh, I don't know if we've ever smoked a Connecticut here. We have not. This is uh, part of a series of cigars that we're going to smoke on the show. So we're going to have a G, we're going to have an O. I think we might have a V. I'd like to get my hand on a Cane F, uh, which we smoked the Cane F nub, but I'd like oh, to smoke a yeah. full-size Cane F. Now, are you yeah. doing a cross cut on this one or just the regular V? I, yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm going to do just a regular V. Yeah, that's what I was thinking with the diameter. I didn't, I didn't get a particularly good flavor when I put it in my mouth to wet it. So we'll see. It's pretty generic tasting. Uh, yeah. At least, you know. At least initially. Okay. Not a huge fan of the first puff, but you never judge um, a cigar by its per- first puff unless it's the fucking undercrown. <laughs> you never judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. What are you pairing your cigar with, Mike? I heard you pouring some stuff before we started. Oh. <laughs> yes, uh, I am. I was running late, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have some Johnny Walker Black and some ginger beer. Nice. Uh, I can't remember the brand of the ginger beer, but it's a fancy one that you mix with Soda Stream stuff. There you go. Yep. I am drinking a Stella Artois. Some wife beater. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had a buddy come over earlier in the week, and he brought a four-pack of Grolsch. And I hadn't had a Grolsch in forever. And I uh, kind of got my beer palate thinking, man, I should do some Stella. Just something a little lighter, not quite as heavy. Yeah, it's nice. I try to stick to Stella in the summer when it's hot. Yeah. It I mean, seems like sense. a lot of lake bars have Stella on tap, so you can pull up to the dock at, and get a beer at like noon when you're out on yep. the water all day. So we uh, we're discussing this, and we cut ourselves short. Uh, we have to be very careful about this book uh, that we're <laughs> yeah, going to talk we're about. Doing, we're doing a book review. We have to be careful about the book, and I think the other thing that we need to be careful of is because this book is. I, I I guess I was looking at the Wikipedia page for it earlier today, and it's not a not a very unbiased uh, Wikipedia page. I'm shocked. It's it's you know a full on conspiracy book and things like that. So I think the other thing we need to be careful about is that we're not supporting conspiracies or conspiracy theories, but we're doing a book review of this, and then kind of like what we try to always do is find out some kind of middle ground or. Just have a, a discussion about it. We're doing this for educational purposes, philosophical right. purposes. We want it's to a... see these ideas because there, I mean, there's there is a ton of ideas presented in this book, a ton. So it's not it's not like one idea. It's multiple ideas and multiple things. So we're just trying to go through some of it. We're not uh, we're not experts. We're not authors, we're not medical professionals, and we're not lawyers. So our we are uh, we are none of those things. Uh, also, nobody has been sued as a result of this book. Which, if the thing claims being made were in the land of crazy conspiracy, I would assume that there would be at least one person mentioned suing the author. Right? Yeah, the author like, was not nice with uh, nicknames for involved parties. No, he directly. So we're uh, reviewing the real Anthony Fauci by Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, for those who aren't aware yet, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, he is he he does not make nicknames up. He just says who it was and what they said and what they did, and he makes some pretty bold claims. <laughs> yes, well, he does call Fauci what little Napoleon quite a few times or something. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I mean, he's not he's not one to shy away from nicknames. I, I, so it's interesting because so in the book here, it says or in the Wiki, on the Wikipedia page here, it says the real Anthony Fauci. And there's a subhead a subtitle as well called Bill Gates, Big Pharma and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. Yes. And uh, it's a 2021 book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in which and this is Wikipedia's terms in which he attacks Anthony Fauci and his three decades of leadership at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases 
in the book, Kennedy offers misinformation about Fauci's role during the HIV epidemic and the COVID-19 pandemic and HIV AIDS denialism. And uh, so it says it was a, a 480-page book written by anti, anti-vaccination conspiracy theorist Robert F. Kennedy Jr., which is interesting because didn't didn't Robert F. Kennedy Jr. kind of get his uh, start as an environmental lawyer? Yes. So I listened to several interviews with him when he was right before he announced that he was running for president. And yeah. he was a environmental lawyer who won a lot of lawsuits and he's won a lot of awards because he is apparently a very competent environmental lawyer. Uh, He was instrumental in getting the Hudson River cleaned up and uh, he's one of the founding members of Water Keepers or something like that, uh, if I remember correctly. And they kind of go around the globe and sue corporations for polluting waters, more or less. Yeah, Uh, worthy a cause as any. Yes. And then so he didn't get started into the vaccine stuff until the 90s. And it happened at a conference he was holding about mercury poisoning in a river somewhere. Now I can't remember. And an advocacy group came up to him and provided him with data and he started doing research into it. And he actually got a few chemicals they were using in vaccines banned because he found data that it was, in fact, damaging people. Like okay. the, they were using a, sty- a type of mercury in the vaccines in the 80s that was correlated with negative health outcomes. So it's not like he hasn't – he's got the chops, right? Like he's not necessarily a conspiracy theorist. He did file lawsuits and win those lawsuits and prevented certain chemicals from being in vaccines in the future. Yeah, so, and I guess like let's just offer a counterpoint there because I've never met him. I've never watched any of his interviews or anything like that. Uh, I mean, it could be a Tom Cruise situation, right? Like everybody thinks Tom Cruise in the '90s, whatever, he's making all these great films, and then suddenly he's jumping up and down on Oprah Winfrey's couch. So it's not to say right. like that he is or isn't. Necess- I mean, he could be a conspiracy theorist for all I know. And I think we're going to get into that with some of the things, some of the ideas he presented, because I have I have questions. But I think it's weird that they bill him as an anti-vaxxer because I, I remember when, when you first told me about this book, Mike, I was looking him up a little bit, and it sounded like his children are all vaccinated and that he's not, he claims he's not necessarily anti-vaccine, but he's, he's pro-safe vaccines and pro-right uh, to choose. Yes, that is his, his position, according to him. Is that he is pro informed consent, he's yes. pro transparency uh, in medicine and in, in the environment and everything else. Uh, he is personally vaccinated fully against measles, mumps, rubella, all the things that we're all vaccinated against. His children yes. are vaccinated against these things, but he is against the current vaccine schedule, which yeah. he thinks has too many vaccines with too many of these uh, inflammatory agents happening. You yeah. know what I mean? He's he's criticizing the schedule and he has criticisms about how things are done. Not he's not against medicine or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 from his book, it doesn't sound like he's against science. It no, is, he's not against medicine. But I, I guess getting into it is he's against the if you believe what he says about Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates, he's against the one or two people setting themselves up as. Not only the policymakers, but the direct beneficiaries of those policies. Right. Well, and I don't know how much you mentioned in the book. Now I can't remember. But the way that the FDA and the NIH are set up, the people who are on the governing boards for uh, who gets their vaccines passed get to take profits from the vaccines that they pass. So they have an economic yeah. incentive to get as many medicines out as possible. Well, and they also get co-patenting rights or something because mm-hmm. Fauci has, I don't remember how many he said, but there's a lot more than you would think somebody that's trying to just keep people safe would have. Right. I mean, they're directly profiting from the medicines that they allow to go to market. Yeah. And then if you look at the funding of the agencies, like 40% of the funding comes from the money they get from uh allowing new drugs to go through you know what i mean like they are incentivized yeah. to allow well, drugs a lot of to the pass. people on the fda or on these boards are all 
formerly employees of Microsoft, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. according to what he said. I didn't go back and do any fact-checking and stuff. And it's funny because I've been reading this book for, for a while, and I know it's only 480 pages, but it kind of took me a bit because it's not like an easy breezy. It's, it's very data heavy, whether or not you think the data is true or not. I mean, it's just a data heavy book. Well, and the so one thing that is in his favor is that it is so data heavy and it has references for all of these data points. So if he fabricated data, surely yeah. the doctor that he's citing as the producer of this work would sue him. He's a very rich, think, famous yeah. guy. You would think that this bestseller book that would have a falsified report would be in the court somewhere. And now he's running for president. So they could take yeah. him down easily with a lawsuit claiming something like that, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and it might, I mean, so that's the weird thing is he makes all these claims. And, you know, to Mike's point, you think, well, if anything in there was, was false, they would sue him or, you know, pull the book from shelves or or what have you. But part of the planning in the last uh, chapter, two chapters of the book talk about kind of the uh, the germ games, kind of like the war games, but the Fauci and Bill Gates put on some, hey, what if a pandemic uh, happens that's just like COVID, uh, and then like a couple weeks later it actually happened or something, or a couple months later it actually happened. And they they had a whole section, according to, uh, to Kennedy, about how to uh, quash people that don't agree. You know, mm -hmm. and so now that he's running for president, their plan might just be all we have to do is call him a crazy person on in the debates. And that's the end of it, you know, uh, and he's running third party. So I don't think anyone's truly worried. No. Well, he can't run the Democratic Party. They've already said they're not going to hold primaries uh, or debates. They're going to hold primaries, but they're not going to hold debates. And we all know or yeah. people who are aware know that the primaries in the Democratic Party do not matter because the superdelegates outnumber the primary delegates. So theoretically, you could win every primary in the country and still lose the nomination to the party. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't serve any function. Let's delve in a little bit into the, some of the, the book topics, and then I can I can share some of my thoughts too and whatnot. But uh, do you want to take a stab at going through some of the stuff that he's talking about? Sure. So it's very data heavy. So we're going to skip the data uh, largely, guys. If you want yeah. to read it, I mean, if you're on the fence about whether or not you think certain things in the past three to four years were legitimate, it might be an interesting read for you. Let's put it that way. Would you say that's yeah, fair, Nate? I would say that's fair. I would say that I think the way that the pandemic happened at first, nobody knew what was going on in the general population anyway. And I think since then and since kind of all the emergency stuff, there's been some things that have come out that maybe lend a little credence to some of some of the things that he's talking about in this book. I think I, I always had a problem with the, the vaccine mandates. I still got vaccinated because you literally couldn't go anywhere. But I, it didn't sit right with me that it was mandated. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all free, but they weren't free. But we didn't pay for them out of our pockets. But all that taxpayer money that we did pay for out of our pockets ended up going to these same people that basically tanked the economy because they locked it down for three years and they ran a whole bunch of small businesses out. And that data, that's not a conspiracy theory uh, at all because we have the statistics. So many small businesses closed because they didn't have the capital to pivot to an online model or what have you, or, you know, the, the mandates negatively affected them more. And the government kind of told people which, which stores were necessary. So, and they all happen to be major businesses that could buy off government officials, just yes. coincidentally, coincidentally, coincidentally. Yeah, I think the phrase uh, in RFK used, and I've heard this from others, was that it's the largest upward transfer of wealth in the history of our society, right? Yes, and there's data to back that up because the CEOs, uh, the upper 1% gained as much money as the middle class and everybody else lost in right. buying power and stuff. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm way worse off than I was you know, four years ago. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I shouldn't say way worse off, but you know what I mean. I mean, yep. it hasn't been great as far as economics go. Yeah. So, so and he, he was talking about, and I'm going to just butcher these 
because I just, you know, uh, hy- hydroxychloroquine, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, and ivermectin. Yes. And those were two that uh, RFK was saying would dr- drastically help with the COVID-19 symptoms and your recovery time. And he said that the reason, I mean, this is one of the big points of the book, I think. He said the reason Fauci and everybody else didn't want those drugs uh, to be used is because they were dirt cheap and their patents expired, so big pharma couldn't profit off of them. So they had to then say that they were horse pills or whatever. And the, the point he makes in, in the book is that these things can be used to deworm horses, but they do parasites in all mammals, and all mammals are similar in regards to parasites, I guess. so. Right. And he explained in extreme detail, like there's 20 different avenues that hydroxychloroquine acts on, different pathways in the body, and that essentially yeah. it prevents viruses from being able to replicate as efficiently. So it eliminates, it lowers the overall viral load. So your body's immune response can overcome the what's left in your body. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. It makes sense. I, it I makes looked sense. Up, um, ivermectin on the National Library of Medicine mm-hmm. here, and that's a it's a .gov, and it just says ivermectin has been used to treat humans for the past four decades. Uh, it initially was approved as a broad spectrum antiparasitic agent in 1987. And it was given as a mass drug, uh, an MDA mass drug administration in endemic countries. So it says that it has, uh, it showed highly significant reduction in viral RNA after 48 hours in relation to COVID, so 99.8%. But it, it was criticized that it achieved that by using a higher dosage in comparison to the standard human dose. Which RFK's claim was that they it did that purposefully. Was, they did that on purpose in the study to make it look like it couldn't be used because they wanted yeah. to use on patent medicines because then Fauci and all of his friends could profit on yeah. the vex on these medicines. Yes. Um, well, and here and- the next sentence on this um, library of medicine is the anti-covid activity in real life patients who were treated with a standard dose of 3 days of ivermectin showed significant reduction in culture viability compared to the placebo group. So it seems like there is some science to back up at least the uh, ivermectin. Yes. Uh, so he mentioned other things other than those two, which yeah, he were- did. Those were kind of uh, the two big ones. But yeah. He also mentioned zinc. Yep. Zinc, which I didn't know until COVID that you could use zinc to lower your viral load of the common cold. So you should be yeah. taking zinc basically all winter. I take zinc. I've been taking zinc every day since I read this book. Not that I believe <laughs> what he says. I actually started taking zinc in 21 uh, during the winter time uh, because okay. apparently it helps you fight off viruses. And I was like, well. Well, we've been getting weird summer colds too. So yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. We have I probably small kids, should. so I might just as well just take it all year. Like who cares? Right. And vitamin D. See, vitamin D was talked about in 21 Yep. As well, because initially the groups in the United States that were getting hit the hardest were uh, like the Somali uh, population down in Minneapolis. And they investigated it and they the same group was having issues in Sweden. Okay, And it was because their vitamin D was low because they're yeah. very dark skinned people in very northern climates and they wear lots yes. of clothes in the summer. So they weren't getting enough vitamin D production. Uh, so that's actually backed up external to the book, you know? Yes. And I've been taking vitamin D. Uh, I went in for labs one about a year ago and my doctor was like, yeah, you probably need to just take a vitamin D supplement. But I didn't spend a whole lot of time in the sun this summer. It was a weird summer, but yeah, I think vitamin D and zinc, you just add them to your regular. I mean, we're not doctors or nutritionalists, but there's enough other good data out there that you could make an informed decision uh, for yourself. Uh, I'm about halfway done with this cigar, Mike. I'm not quite halfway, but I'm just behind you. I I don't know. It's it's okay. It's fine. It's not it's not bad. It's it, not. Yeah, great. it's got just a tinge of uh, bitterness. I think that I'm not really jiving with. Yeah, it's it's a little off. I don't know what it is, but it could be just I, yeah, me. I don't. I don't think it's just you. If if we're both having saying it's like ah, <laughs> eh, there's a little thing off there, but I don't know. I who knows? It's tough to say sometimes. Right. Uh, so I think. Oh, go on, Mike. 
Oh no, I was going to say in relation to the uh, the actual COVID uh, arguments, he basically to sum it up, like I say, we can't get into everything because it's so data driven. But the 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 gist was that Anthony Fauci is in charge of funding research, and he refused to fund accurate research, and the research he did fund into off patent medicines was purposefully botched. And he showed a couple studies where they gave 400 times the safe dose of hydroxychloroquine. And then, of course, people died from the overdose. But they gave yeah. 400 times the safe dose and 200 times the dose they know is going to kill everyone. Yeah. So that's a pretty bold claim. Yeah, you it's not the boldest think... claim of the book, <laughs> but... No, yeah, the bolder claims come about... later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll save those mm-hmm. kind of more for the end, I guess, if we get into them. Then yes, he also, well, he, I mean, he, he walks through all these things, and basically the first maybe half of the book explains how these different boards and oversight committees get made and how they are populated with Fauci and Gates crew. And yeah, industry insiders. Yeah, and how they are able to patent anything that the company, that their government body, uh, creates. They can also get in on the patent, so they also get royalties for every unit sold. And it just kind of explains, I mean, everybody knows, everybody should know that there's huge money to be made in American healthcare, in, in pharmaceuticals and treatment and insurance, everything related to medical. So that yes. shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. And it, well, and it shouldn't come as a surprise that regulatory capture happens in many industries in the United States. Yes. And that there's a revolving door between the regulators and the companies that are being regulated. So oftentimes, the people who are acting as the regulator used to work for the company that they are now regulating and are going to work for them again in the future. Yes. Almost like being a Supreme Court justice and deciding cases uh, from the cruise ship that the person you're trying to trying the case against uh, puts you up on or something of that nature. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 yeah, exactly. You're on your worldwide <laughs> trip uh, and you're calling cases against the very people that paid for your worldwide trip every year for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> I know this guy. He's a stand up fellow. He did nothing wrong. Yep. So Surely. I, I think in order, I mean, it's only 480 pages, but so, like we said at the, at the top, there's so many claims are made, so many things are discussed. And it doesn't really feel helter-skelter in the book. I mean, it kind of follows. I mean, there are a couple of times where I was like, okay, we're, we're shifting gears and jumping over here now. And it all kind of ties, ties back. But he was also talking about, and this is, and we mentioned this, on, it was on the Wikipedia, where he's talking about, and it was really weird because he phrases things very strangely uh, sometimes in this book. So there was one, and I remember reading it, and it was, he was talking about how HIV totally does not cause AIDS. Because mm-hmm. of the way they defined HIV was so broad that almost anybody who tests for HIV will have it because they've made the definition of HIV so broad that there's not really a single HIV thing. And people who said that they found like the HIV, I don't know if it's the protein or the, the cell or the whatever it is, have since recanted and said that they actually didn't find it. But then at the end of that chapter, he says, I don't disbelieve that HIV causes AIDS, just for the record. So I don't really understand what the point of right. uh, that is, unless he's just trying to uh, see CYA, you know, covers ass. So, but so, well, the point was, and this is what I think is, it was an example of how Anthony Fauci uh, systematically muddies the water, yeah, so that you don't know what is and what is not true, and that way he and his buddies can patent medicines and get them pass through all of these little boards and then they profiteer on it because he's the highest paid government employee and he's the one that's the power broker handing out grant money. So everybody wants to do what Anthony wants. That's yeah. He's like the little kingpin on this Yeah, system. he's like the mob boss. If you help him do his thing, he'll he'll toss you some some good stuff your way or whatever. Mm-hmm. So and exactly. I mean that part that part is I you know and I've been reading this book for a while and I told my Sarah about it which I guess was a little bit of a mistake. She's like, "Oh, you're reading that conspiracy book again, huh?" <laughs> and I was so I finally like sat down with her and I was like, 
or we had a we had a date night, and so I was, we were able to talk uninterrupted. And uh, I was just like, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if I believe every single thing in it, but the thing is that if even one of the things in this book is true, it's it's huge. Like if even yes. one of the things is true, it's huge. So yes, I guess that's kind of my my viewpoint on the book. Well, it is true. So it is true that the Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation caused a uh, polio outbreak. Yeah, they caused yeah, a they, polio they outbreak. Put, they put what live polio cultures in their vaccines. Well, they're they're or using something. a vaccine that's been banned in the United States and Europe because they we had a polio outbreak from this style of vaccine, but they still had it patented so they could still make profit on it and charge the governments for it. Yeah. So they gave them this lesser vaccine that's more dangerous to these yeah. third world countries and then charge their governments for it, which ultimately came out of the American taxpayer dollar because they're getting medical funding. Yeah. And it goes back probably to the um, confessions of an economic hitman where they have the World Bank or something and they offer to fund uh, infrastructure for these third world countries or these uh, less well-off countries and they can get a loan for this, and then these big pharma people are still getting paid. They don't care where it gets where it comes from, mm-hmm. right? And he did RFK did make several several not straight out I don't think accusations, but some references to they were using these clinical trials, and Bill Gates is using the let's eradicate whatever from the armpit of the world. No offense if you live in the armpit of the world. Uh, anyone in the panhandle of Oklahoma, I'm sorry that you live there. Uh, you can move. But no, I'm just, these other foreign countries, um, and they were doing it to establish a foothold for oil or gold or other American interests in that area outside of health things. But the health reason opened the door to get Americans in there. Right. And that's a well-known strategy. Yeah. I mean, um, it doesn't sound out of the realm of reality. <laughs> Even right. if you don't research any of the stuff, you're like, ah, I could see them doing that. It sounds perfectly reasonable. I will yeah. get put a criticism out is he was using data from countries that I don't think are going to provide reliable data. <laughs> I know. Right? It, 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 so, like the first chapter or something, he was like, and China eradicated COVID in the first three months. That's I'm like, a, I, I guarantee you that's bullshit. He listed like Canada, the United States, <laughs> France, Belgium, Japan, communist China, and Algeria. And like, it's yeah, a, yeah. a lot of, these are not all the same. South Korea yeah. and Algeria. I believe data from South Korea. <laughs> I do not believe data from Sudan. Okay. No, like, or or China. Or, or uh, yeah, the, the North Korean <laughs> dictator went and, and punched all the COVID out of North Korea or something. Right. Like the data from India is probably pretty good and reliable. But I'm going to guess that the data from Inner Mongolia is less so. You know, like they just yeah. don't have the infrastructure. It's not that they're bad actors. They just don't have the infrastructure to be able to accurately record it. Yeah, they don't have the know? reporting. They don't have the reporting. Right. And he talked about how our data, the United States data, was n- manipulated. And that is also yeah. true. That is also right? true. I remember that is also saying, true. oh, so-and-so died uh, of COVID. Uh, it could be, well, they maybe had COVID-like symptoms, and then they got into an automobile accident. Oh, uh, COVID or something. I mean, it was almost right. as ridiculous as that, I, I remember. Yeah. I I, uh, I mean, this is like an apocryphal story, so don't take it as gospel, anybody. But my coworker's brother-in-law died in a motorcycle crash, and they said that he died of COVID. According to him. Now, whether is that true, you know, I don't know. But they had COVID on his death certificate all the same. And he flipped a motorcycle on the highway. Yeah. So, again, I cannot verify that story. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility because I, I saw some pretty crazy stories on, on the internet. It's therefore, mm-hmm. it has to be true, right? Exactly. But, yeah, but anyway. Know, so there's, there's, there's enough people that criticize the government's response. And I think if you're on the fence, if the government – exploited the pandemic. I mean, I'm not saying the pandemic didn't happen. I'm just saying if you're on the fence on whether or not the pandem- uh, the government exploited the pandemic, probably a good book for you to read just to get a differing viewpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, ha- we have to be very careful about the details and the claims made because yeah. we don't want to get in trouble. And we are not part of the royal family of the United States. So we don't have the sort of uh, economic backing and protection that RFK Jr. has. So. Yeah, neither neither of us, <laughs> neither of our last names are Kennedy, Bush, Clinton, Gates, yeah. Musk, 
So, you know. Bezos, we are not of the yeah, Bezos clan. Yeah, we're just whatever. Uh, but I did find it interesting that uh, Bezos and Gates owned a lot of newspapers, at least according to RFK. Oh, the they Washington do. Post and uh, stuff. Yeah. So, so then, I mean, that just further proves that you're not going to get. So, of course, all the, I mean, you know, if, if you're going to, let's just for a moment go down and say, hey, RFK is 100% absolutely telling the truth. He's not exaggerating. He's not lying. Everything he says is the truth. Well, all these people he's criticizing in this book own all the newspapers and the media. So, of course, if they want to call him a conspiracy nut and put it on his Wikipedia page, then they they certainly could. And they did, because I just read, I'm like, this is not not an impartial Wikipedia page for this this person who's a well-known environmental lawyer. Uh, uh, yeah, a uh, world-renowned environmental lawyer who's won many cases, who's also won cases in court involving uh, chemicals and vaccines that were removed. So it's not like he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's not a crack. Uh, no, he's not. A, he's not a psycho. <laughs> he's he's not talking out of his ass. He has a record <laughs> of having done these things, like in reality. <laughs> he's not living in an RV down by the river off the grid, you know? No. He personally knows Anthony Fauci uh, yeah. and has for years. Like, he is a part of the ruling elite of the country. So yep. he's kind of kind of a whistleblower. I mean, I know that I got vaccinated right away because I believed the claims that were made on television that it would prevent you from passing the, vac- or the virus along. And I know a lot of elderly people. My parents are elderly. I bowl with a lot of elderly people, and bowling I didn't want to again. be responsible. We're not even talking bowling. I know, Just right? Kidding, I, I didn't want to be responsible for getting one of them sick with COVID and possibly dying, right? Yeah. And there was a court case in Europe, and the European Union brought up uh, a spokesperson for Pfizer, and Pfizer openly said that they never claimed that the vaccine would stop transmission, and they never tested it. Yeah. But- Rachel Maddow was certainly telling people that the president of the United States was certain te- certainly telling people that. So yeah. the the company itself never made that claim, but the spokespeople that these companies are paying, <laughs> yeah. they said it right. Like well, Pfizer similar... is paying CNN, and CNN says it. Yeah, yeah. Similar story to me is you know I had a small child at the time. And I wanted to get vaccinated uh, of my own free will. I didn't like that it was mandated, but I would have pro- I would have gotten vaccinated anyway because we had a newborn right. uh, at the time. And I was like, well, if I don't get sick, then my newborn can't get sick. And, you know, they didn't have anything approved for children until I think a year ago, year and a half ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. If I get vaccinated, then I won't get it and I won't pass it. But then all the data came out that you can have it, but be non-symptomatic and you can still pass it along to other people who may or may not be symptomatic Mm -hmm. so you know and i think that the the part where in the book where rfk was saying that fauci would invent or he'd have people invent this new vaccine he would go to the media before the the scientific journal was even published before the peer review phase and say we've got this brand new thing it's gonna kick kick this disease's butt go get it and he just did an end around around the scientific process. Right. He'd, he'd sweeten the well. It's like the opposite yeah. of poisoning the well in a conversation. He'd sweeten it up, but also never claimed he was making money on it. You know, of course he yeah, wants he you to did, take he it. He never disclosed that he was making money on it. He never disclosed that he was going to make money on it. Yeah. Right. And Bill Gates, too. They had Bill Gates on TV talking about it. And he was a major stakeholder in the company that was manufacturing the vaccine. Yeah, that was never disclosed that Bill Gates is going to make a half a billion dollars on this thing or whatever. Yeah, and you would think making a ton of money. Yeah, you would think that he being that rich would make him immune to wanting to make more money. But that is not how it works. No, that's not how it's work. It's like you give somebody cocaine and they say, no, I had it once. I don't need it ever again. That's not mm-hmm. usually how that goes. No, they want more. They want yeah. all of it. Yes. And uh, research. I actually looked this up to ver- okay. verify my data but the research that they conducted in the last decade has shown and proven that the wealthier somebody is the more cognitive dissonance they have about people who are poor so yeah. somebody like bill gates probably views the average person as no different than a lab rat from his perspective we are just rats that he yeah. can test on and ex- like exploit you know yes. it's like talking to the people who get psychotic yeah, one of the later chapters of the book alleges that 
they've uh, Gates and Fauci and company have killed I don't know tens of thousands, if not more kids and people in these poor countries they test their vaccines on because they don't have the same testing uh, restrictions or requirements that, you know, say America or Canada or pretty much any country in Europe have to protect citizens from from this. And they oftentimes ran without a placebo group and uh, allegedly, according to RFK, would give these known, known poisonous vaccines to people telling them that they were vitamins or boosters or something and not ever fully disclosing what was what they were actually giving them yes allegedly by the author of the book alleged by the author of the book and he has not been sued for claiming that uh i think he did call them mass murderers at one point like oh i'm sure he did i think he did say that fauci and bill gates were mass murderers uh we are not saying that robert kennedy (laughs) jr made that claim and yeah. a claim like that, that didn't get, he did not, he has not been sued for that. This is a best selling book, and he has not been sued for that claim. Yes. The other thing <laughs> to be aware of, I think, Mike, is that you can't, I don't know that you can't, but it's, it's pretty hard to slander or libel someone who's a public figure. In America, you can pretty much say whatever you want about somebody as long as it's not threatening, as long as you're not threatening their life. If they're a public figure, and if you, it depends on how you say things too. If you say, I think Bill Gates is a mass murderer is different than saying Bill Gates is a mass murderer. Just for example, this is just philosophically, I don't believe Bill Gates is a mass murderer. Or I do, I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is the phrasing of things. And as a, as a lawyer, even an environmental lawyer, how you phrase things is paramount one tenth of the law of possession is nine tenths you know the phrasing is the other the other tenth but right well he also yeah. ba- the thing is is that he made the claim and then he backed it up with evidence so yeah. you think that they could at least sue over his evidence or refute his evidence or something i mean this is not a nothing burger no i'd have to look at it a lot more uh, i'd have to read it with a a different mindset and seeing how he phrases, if he says, the evidence says that Bill Gates is a mass murderer, or did he say, I, RFK, think Bill Gates is a mass murderer, or did he say, you know, like, what was the phrasing? You know, you, you, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure yeah he, you're right. I'm sure he really went and, and scrubbed it many times before he published it. I'm and sure so, that he— doesn't he, seem like a person that wants to open himself up to litigation. He has publicly called for both of them to sue him if any of the claims in the book are false. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, again, he's a public figure. They're a public figure. You can yeah. see a lot of shit in the United oh, yeah. States. And get away with it. <laughs> and get away with it. The, I guess the last little bit, the last like chapter two or whatever it might have been, I don't remember exactly. He was talking about, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about, Mike, because I, I figure you're the kind of person that might have already done the research on this or you might have your own opinions on it. Uh, and I remember this was a big topic in the height of the pandemic is... Uh, RFK was saying that vaccines cause autism It in this book. Uh, he said that he did not exactly say that. And he has never publicly said that exact thing. He says that there is a spike point in the data where autism started to dramatically increase, which was 1984, which coincides yeah. with the increase in the vaccine schedule to the modern vaccine schedule. That's the yeah. beginning and that yeah, the, yeah. there's a direct correlation between the increasing aggressiveness of the vaccine schedule and increasing rates of autism. Okay, yeah. Yes. I mean, like, it certainly so, seemed he certainly seemed to be saying vaccines he, cause autism. He's think saying that they're he thinks that they're correlated. He thinks <laughs> yeah, that they're statistically correlated. Statistically relevant is correlation does not prove causation. Mhm. Or does not equal causation. That is correct. So, I mean, there could be other factors. I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look into any of that. Uh, well, I looked, at, I've looked into it and there is a correlation, but there's also a correlation between, or uh, actually correlation. We were spraying massive amounts of petrochemicals from the end of World War II into the 1960s. Yeah. And yeah. the 80s is the first generation who were the children of the people who were growing up yeah. when those chemicals were being sprayed. So yeah. it could be due to uh, the mutagenic chemicals that were being sprayed everywhere in the United yeah. States. I also uh, wonder about uh, cigarette smoking because I remember be. as a kid, 
we'd go to like Perkins or Wendy's or something and they'd ask, do you want smoking or not smoking? But you're getting secondhand smoke regardless because they just close like a like a door. It's not an oh, yeah. airtight door. It's not anything. There's no ventilation in there. It's all just smoking, basically. So I, I you know, could that be? I don't know. I'm not I'm not a scientist well, or doctor. And again, the kids born in the 80s are going to be the second generation of kids who were born by mothers who were smokers. You know, is yeah. was smoking in the womb for two generations in a row a mutagenic? Uh, there's a lot of yeah. factors. I oh, yeah, am not a, subscribing to the idea that vaccines cause autism. Okay. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just. I'm, I am I'm, not. I'm saying like I feel like there's a lot of factors that are yeah. at play. <laughs> yes, uh, I feel like he lost me a little bit because I I I wanted him to mention some of these other factors. You know, I didn't. understand. Yeah. His, I understand. Yeah. I mean, I understand his book is, you know, Fauci and Gates are evil and what the government did during the COVID pandemic is evil and they've been doing evil uh, for some vaccine time. tests for a long time, which is, you know, sure. That's all stuff I can get behind, you know, using, trying to use just simply just correlation and not talking about other things that may or may not impact it just, just kind of lost me a little bit because I was... I guess I was wanting a little more from that section, but I agree. Well, I thought it was as weak as his use of data from questionable countries, right? Like yeah. that's yeah. probably not. Yeah. I mean, it's good to add it in, but you don't want to rely too heavy on that data, right? Yeah. And just like, um, like, like I say, he on the record has caused the government to ban certain chemicals from being in vaccines that were in vaccines. So he has done boots on the ground work in this area. Yes. But it's certainly not the only environmental factor, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about the introduction of plastics into everything, right? Like yeah, there's a lot of- Swimming with microplastics or something. Yeah, there's a lot of environmental factors uh, that are going on that all add up yeah. to changes, so. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I didn't like about the book was he used a lot of the same phrases repeatedly. And it just was kind of, it got, kind of got a little repetitive with, uh, I don't know if I'll pronounce it right, but like the coup de, coup de tat or coup de whatever coup, it was. Coup de tat. Yeah, he used it like coup, coup de gras. 57 times in yeah. each chapter or something. So I was kind of, I was kind of thinking, uh, okay, it, it's losing its oomph if you're going to keep using it. You know, save that for right. the end then or something. He was uh, on message. He yeah, really he message, does not you know. like Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci. Yeah, uh, and that's and that's fair. <laughs> yeah, well, that is fair. Like yeah. you said, I mean, even I if, don't like I don't like anyone who goes to claims. Epstein Island. So right, well, and that's a fact. You're right; that is a fact. Yes. Uh, and well, if one of the claims that he made are true, there's a serious problem. And he made a lot of claims, and yes. he had a lot yeah, of evidence think, to back up every single thing that he said. Yep. Maybe not all of it was true, but <laughs> hey, maybe not. But it's all I think that's the important thing. And I think that's, you know, why I wanted to talk about it was it's it's an interesting thought experiment. And we've talked about this before when when I told you I read uh, The Case for Christ. That's not yes. a book I would normally read. I would not normally read this book. This Yeah, you uh, read it because Fauci. I suggested it. Yeah, I read it because because you suggested it. I I would I I went into it and I was like I don't know what this is going to be. This this could be some weird weird crap or this could be interesting. And I think at the end of the day, it's an interesting thought experiment. And if even if even one thing that he said was true, then he should be exonerated. You know what I mean? Right. And he he's made some pretty crazy claims about political stuff that I don't agree yeah. with. It's not like I'm a big RFK supporter no, in some yeah. like religious sense or anything. <laughs> you know what I well, mean? Like I'm not talked like about, we've talked about this before on the show is is pretty much uh, I'm not a fan of any politician that's willingly there, you know what I mean? Right. And he did reference yeah, yeah. his his uh was was Ted his uncle? Yes. So he he referenced Ted Kennedy. He's like, well, I was really proud my uncle went in and busted this thing up in the 80s. And then he was like, well, I was really proud of my uncle Ted when he did this in the 90s. And like, okay. <laughs> he's an elite. He's an elite American. You know what I mean? Like his, his experiences well, yeah. in this world are not the same as ours. <laughs> no, I mean, and I feel like that was him trying to uh, what, connect with his audience. Like, I was proud oh. of something my uncle did. Uh, yeah, was... my uncle, uh, 
my uncle was on the police force for a while. So what do you want me to say? Like, I don't know. Right. Oh, he flexed like, yeah, I yeah. took, I took a uh, hydroxychloroquine for years. We went to Africa on safari, you know, three, four times a year, every year. <laughs> Just like every up. average American does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he, it was a great example because, uh, hydroxychloroquine is an over the counter in most of the world. Yeah. It's it, yeah, as well, safe it was as here Tylenol. until COVID. It was it right. was here until COVID. It is as safe as Tylenol when you take it in the correct dose. Not yeah. not a yeah. hundred times the regular dose. Like the yeah. safe dose is the safe dose. You yeah. know, it's like iodine. If you drink a bottle well, of iodine, I mean, you're probably not gonna be feeling very good. You know what I mean? Yeah, well it's the same <laughs> as ibuprofen or anything else. You know, if you take above the the thing, then you might have issues. Right. So. I think I probably had hydroxychloroquine because I went to India for a month and I definitely had to take malaria pills. Oh, yeah. So whatever those were. And you're okay <laughs> for the most yeah. part. Yeah. I mean, I didn't <laughs> I didn't die. I was there in the winter, so that helps. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think, uh, I think by and large it's an interesting book. I don't, I don't know that I 100% agree with everything, but – that's There's some pretty bold point. claims. Pretty There's bold a lot of claims. bold claims. There's a lot of claims that seem well within the realm of possibility, especially with how the big pharma and the FDA approval process works. Yes. So I think anytime you read any kind of book or even any kind of news article, like who's writing it and why, uh, you know, RFK just hates Fauci and Gates. So that's his motivation. Yep. And, yeah, he thinks that they're monstrosities for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I don't necessarily disagree uh, with that I don't disagree, statement. But that, but that also doesn't mean that RFK is not also a, a type of monstrosity either, being part of the ruling class. Right. And he was born into the purple, no doubt about it. Yeah. So, so. it's an interesting thought experiment, and it's a good thing to talk about. I think I do think that a lot of people looking back at the COVID-19 pandemic will tell you that a lot of American rights were violated throughout yes. that, regardless of where you stand on vaccines and masking and, and all that stuff. Um, we, I told a story a couple episodes back when we were talking about our favorite bookstores where I went into one and, and it was uh, 2023 and they were still requiring masks in, in the store. And I put one on to go in, you know, but, but they had them there. If they wouldn't have had them there, I would have left because I don't carry a mask on me. But right, yeah, we you know. it was last summer, I want to say, I think it was 22. Sarah and I were down the metro, I was at a conference, and yeah. we wanted to swing through and get coffee and a donut at this shop on a corner that she went to growing up. And we couldn't get coffee because you couldn't go in without a mask and they weren't supplying okay. them. And it was in the middle of summer in 22. It's like, yeah, it's a little late here, fellas, ladies and yeah. fellas. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I remember, I remember when they announced they had the vaccine. And people were starting to get vaccinated. And I went uh, with Dave, who we had on the show. We went to the grocery store. And uh, I drove. And he was going to run in and grab something from the grocery store. And he was like, well, the, it just, the news just came out about the masks and the, and the, and the vaccine and everything. And, and he's like, do, do you think I need to put my mask on? I said, go, keep it in your pocket and try and go in without it on. And he, it was so weird. It was like, we, it was like the, the Berlin wall had just fallen. He came back out and he goes, I went in there and I didn't put a mask on. Nobody told me to put a mask on. Nobody else in there had a mask on. It's like, I, I feel liberated. And it was a yep. very weird feeling to feel that as an American citizen. And that's how you know you were probably Stockholm syndromed into some of this stuff. Oh, for sure. And like where I live, uh, we had two different lockdowns. The first lockdown yeah. was followed and the second one was largely ignored here. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, they just put wallpaper. They just put, you know, they locked the door and you had to call them to come in. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. pretty much disregarded. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, and there's uh, and there's an interesting point in the book too, where they said I think it was what three years was kind of the max that the population was going to follow some of these things. Yeah. So it's like in in their simulations that they that they ran for a, a pandemic like situation. So when you hear about some of these, and those were interesting, those different simulations that they did, because when you hear about these, they're doing back in the '90s and stuff, and then up until you know 2019 or you know early 2020. It's like, well, okay, they've already they've already had this well thought out and orchestrated for a long time, right? And, well, just you know, it's, it, and I'm not saying it didn't keep people safe, but I think RFK RFK's point is that there are other things that could have been done safer 
he said nobody was stockpiling masks. Nobody was uh, looking at over-the-counter remedies or off-patent remedies. And, you know, so I think I think kind of what we said earlier is the government response was less than what it should have been, regardless of yeah. how much of, of this book you believe or don't believe. I think that everybody can agree that the government response was inadequate and possibly incompetent on purpose. Uh, and also a lot of the fear mongering on Bill Gates's part was self-serving. I don't remember if he brought it up, but Microsoft made a bunch of money as a result yeah. of everybody moving over to Microsoft teams. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, even my, my place of business moved from Skype to teams because teams yeah. is top control, right? So yeah. of course well, everybody's going to move. It. Yeah. Teams was ready for everybody to move to a mobile meeting system. Yeah. And uh, I like using it. I still, we still use it. It's nice. It's okay. very convenient, but I mean, you can't deny that Bill Gates made a shit ton of money <laughs> just from that, you know, just yeah. from that yeah. one thing. Work from home yeah. is great for these IT people. And oh, Bezos yeah. made a ton of money. So, of course, the Washington Post yeah. is going to be supporting the lockdowns because yes. ultimately their owner is making bank, you know? Yeah, for sure. So For sure. But my fingers are burning on this one, Mike. Yes, I am uh, near the end. The mm -mm. Uh, like, yeah. I, I agree with you that if you're listening and you're interested in the read, you should read it. Um, it does make some yep. very bold claims. And yeah, take some everything of them, with a grain of salt or do some additional yeah. research on the areas that you have issues with. I mean, you know, like Mike and I, yeah, he's he's quoting stats from China. Okay, bud. Right. That some of the vaccine cause autism stuff. Is it true? Isn't it true? I know it's a very, very touchy subject. I don't know. Yeah. It, I was, like, I was he doesn't mention that chapter. So I was turned off uh, largely because he didn't mention any of the other factors that could yeah. have played a role like there's correlation and there's causation and the causation has to be more complicated than just one thing most likely right so yeah, probably probably true right but yeah if, if i i have my boss reading it okay <laughs> yeah he's i he's, gave uh, it uh i know it's got a lot it's got it's almost it's got to be four and a half four and three quarters uh out of five on goodreads i gave it a four i just i thought it was interesting there are a few chapters that i kind of took issue with or a few things that he mentioned that I took issue with. His writing style is is fine. It's serviceable. He likes to use a lot of the same <laughs> phrases and things, but it's written you know. by a lawyer, very clearly written by a yeah. lawyer. So very data heavy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh cigar. I thought it was perfectly I, adequate. Second half was better really than like the first it. half. I, I thought the second like half it. was better. It's light. Maybe. It has that little tinge in the first half, like a tang to it. Yeah, that I didn't quite the care tinge for. never really left for me. But oh, mine did. But I'm also a glass of whiskey down, so that yeah, probably helps. That. It probably does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think if you want a Connecticut, there's better Connecticut's out there. But yeah, there is. There is. It's fine. The Nub Connecticut was better, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And there were some other Connecticut's that were really good. I can't remember now offhand, but they're out there on our on our episode list. So. Yes, yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Be safe. Have fun.